this, in a sense, a continuation of what we had last week. And I've been looking at some of this alone, which I think you like to ask you about. I found a post-mission letter. A mission which was held in Thessalonica within three weeks under intense persecution and pressure and to call the food down. But leaving behind him another Christian, it's not our lives. But very good, puts out a very good of anxiety about a church of new Christians, new untold Christians under intense pressure which threw him onto a trust in the Lord to look after him. The Lord knew he was going to be put out of Thessalonica. The Lord knew how long he had been there. He said, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him, and he knew that God had done all these things before. And that God had everything in his hand. So let me remind you of what I said last week. God always takes the initiative. God took the initiative in the formation of everything. God took the initiative in bringing you here. God took the initiative in the creation of the solution. The God whose name is awesome. That we can see about is the God we see. And we love it. He loves us. Yes, amen. He thinks we're pretty awesome. Yeah. He knows all our failures and our weaknesses and the times when we used to go to with good love. We're choosing. And when God chooses something, he's a purpose. He never does anything for nothing. He chooses a group full of letters. There is a purpose for the And if this is like 2022, we've got to learn values. And for that purpose, he equips us. Equips us with the word interpreted by the Spirit. The two together, the word and the Spirit. He equips us with the ability to love, he loving through us. He gives us strength in the truth. He gives us hope in the resurrection of Jesus. And we are working for the return of Jesus. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Is it just sitting on our hands, looking by us, seeing the means of the government? And that's the thrust for this morning. What is the consequence of these things? What actually ought we be committing ourselves to? What ought we be busy with in the world service? What kind of people ought we to be? What should we show you to the world? This is the end. And I'm going to use the terms of the culture in which we live. Just before this time together, I got there on the field and went to pray the scheme. And the Lord gave me a verse, which is also, which is one of the If the trumpet 
Geese and sitting cold. Who will prepare for the wedding? So my prayer is be that for you, that in victory and fear, the trumpet call will be clear. And that we will be prepared for the battle because a battle it is. One of the things which we learned last week is that the Thessalonian church was in a constant situation. The New Testament warns us that the church is always in a conflict situation. Sometimes more so than others. Sometimes Satan is able to, to hide the tensions and makes us all good at people who actually say nothing and deny that they have any smile on our face. There's something wrong with it. Sometimes, of course, the conflict is right up in the earth. Our Chinese brothers and sisters, or in Iran, or in other countries where the Christian church is actually opposed. But we live today in a culture which is not friendly to the Christian faith. It tolerates it. Greece, um, in this country, we're not likely to be thrown into prison for being here this morning. In other countries, not far away, it's very different. So I'm going to look at this culture. You see, we live, first of all, in a secular culture. And secular culture is a culture which ignores Jesus. For all intents and purposes, it ignores Jesus. In the 17th century, in Cuban school, learning science, your science teacher would tell you that what you were learning was how God created and how He sustained the world. That's what you were hearing. I didn't hear the name of God in my science class when I was a student. He's renewed out. He's no longer appropriate. We get really about mentioning the name of Jesus. And there's sort of, you know, when we don't talk about it here, we don't mention it there because our culture has said that you can believe in Jesus if you want to, and you protect your life to believe in Jesus, but please keep him in suffering. <laughs> Um, don't mention him in politics. Don't suggest that he has any social abilities. Uh, certainly, Jesus has nothing to say about economics. <laughs> That's a wrong question. As he preached the kingdom of heaven, the thing Jesus talked most about was his coming again. The second most important thing to talk about was economics. But of course, without economics, not really that's, that's the country we live in. It's a country tolerates. But if you say that you go to church, people will say, oh, how nice. Um, 
we thank God for the mutual union of prayers. Prayer is Christ's affinity. And again, prayer is it in your sixth program, by Jesus himself. And it is said in his chief comments in chapter of prayers. But what you do is you are living in yourself the strength and position to seek and seek for that if you can help to do so. And if Jesus is affirming it, we continue the one that the Father and Father to remember. To remember the cross. To remember the empty tomb. To remember the gift of the Holy Spirit that is all about us collectively and individually. To remember that whatever situation God is there, remember that He is very important in this situation. Yeah. Like many of the Jews, the first commandment is every year you're to remember this event. Not just as an historic event, but you to remember that God intervened. And God continues to intervene. And come the New Testament, this bread, this wine, Judas in remembrance of me. And we remember the cross. We remember the suffering. We remember the death. Not because we are in any way and doing minded, but because that's our salvation. That's the love of God poured out into my life. That's what makes me one with you. But this is a deep understanding. When we stand on the cross and we recognize the love of our Father, your Father and mine, and we remember our sinfulness, and hey, it is the living. That's amazing. And when we realize that the hope of glory is Christ in us by His Spirit. I don't know what that's doing, but I'll see you in the morning.
opportunity to say it. He said it. We live in a secular country which will tolerate Jesus. We live in a Catholic country since Jesus is hungry. Jesus kills all things. And we are conscious of that in the second year. Christians who are protesting against something 
with these posters. Uh, some of the stuff written on these posters, I cannot imagine the love of Jesus. Yeah. I, mean, I actually agree with these guys. I'm on the same page with them. Lord, the Lord was the emperor, he saw it. 
who work hard on who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Help them in the highest of our in love that is their way. Live in peace with each other. Now, when you heard the criticism of the church, if we all say we love, we love each other in that, Mr. Seven said, She's breaking up with all the things that have been under the surface. No, no. Live in peace with each other. And peace sometimes has to be worked It's worked on those pieces. We urge brothers and sisters to warn those who are under Right. 
that elevator is so positive to you. We're not here so that others can praise us for who we are. And when that praise comes, and when it does, we point to new physics straight to Jesus. Please, let's become a kind of people who, in the country of the world, is continually pointing to the And the final one, I gave you the source it is God's will that you should be sanctified. And that's what God is doing with us. Yeah. He's making us happy. I think the second part of that verse, you should get the full verse three. That you should avoid sexual immorality. I debated that on how this is and how much I'm going to say about this, but I think it needs to be said. Uh, I'm aware that uh, it's a really good experience. That was something that's going to be called the male. That doesn't mean that I believe the females will be able to translate it. <laughs> right, that's it. We live in a highly sexual culture. Just as in fact, the Thessalonians. And the Jew asked the gods, and I think you can see them around. You praise the gods, you put them in places, it's your morality, it's your business. And that, the gods must not interfere. And Christian Jews have to go into that Gentile world and say, I'm sorry, they're only you. God is very concerned about our sexual lives. It's a gift that He's given us, it's a wonderful gift, but it's not to be abused. And he says that you should avoid sexual immorality. And I have a mouth, a way out of the door, that actually the new Christians in this life, many of them have very vivid sexual lives. And suddenly they come to Jesus. And they have to give us it. But what do we do with that sexuality? During 2021, three Leading Christian preachers, and some of you may have heard on, on, on television or online preaching in the States, have been crashing down on this particular issue. Suddenly, she's an expert, and they've experienced to having relationships outside their own, own natural. One of them, an absolutely key preacher. Then throughout the world, darling. And when his will was really just discovered that he had heavy investments in brothels along the east coast of, of, uh, of the United States. Now, it comes up the name of Jesus to disrupt you. And if the things are correct, if I ask you for a sensibility problem, because it's out, there are people sitting in this room right now who have problems with the world. Now, maybe this is a Christian gathering, and maybe you have to see it for yourself. Let's see. And they feel they have got nowhere to go. Because this is not the sort of thing we talk about to other people. 
and said, we carry the lady ourselves and then take her to as an But you just see, everything is that it crash almost suddenly on the ground. Using any confidence in a husband or a husband in his wife. I am just interested in 2022. We have a vision of what God wants us to do. We can change it. We give it up to the position of sexuality. Because we're all sexual. And we all do have pride. And we all do have pride. And we live in a terribly sexual world. And is that I too am susceptible to this? 
of somebody who will walk beside me in this. Somebody who will maintain confidence and in whom I can trust implicitly to walk beside me in this. I'm holding his hand and he's holding me.
someone who's in the mother and the slain, I decided to offer them to <laughs> I'm actually living the culture, it's been very pleased with it. Um, just amazing how we can do this if that's where we are. And then it started with it as a, it's been quite a heavy sermon. <laughs> it's been quite, oh, my word. And you may be feeling the words in this line in the moment. But it's God who lifts us up. And it's his faithfulness. And what I will share with you tonight is we need to speak that out. Very often we struggle and we come to you and then we don't tell anyone how God brought us to And I think that there's a need for declaration, proclamation. God, you're grateful. God, you're the one making us over. God, you brought me through that time. Thank you. 